Welcome to The Appetite, a podcast brought to you by Opal Food and Body Wisdom. I am Dr. Lexi Giblin, uh, your host for today, and I am one of the co-founders and a psychologist and executive director at Opal. And I am here today with my dear colleagues and friends, Julie Church, who is, of course, our nutrition director and community relations director, and Kara Bazzi, our clinical director and exercise and sport program director. And we are together this morning, which is an incredible morning. It is January, the morning of January 20th. And we have all just experienced the inauguration of President, now President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as vice president. And so the three of us are coming off of that emotion and this today as we, as we speak. And we have been feeling a lot today and thinking about how all of this relates to eating disorders and eating disorder recovery. Some of the themes that we heard this morning were the themes that we talk about in recovery and in treatment all the time, right? We, we, we heard themes of honesty, unity, mm. empathy, understanding differences. We saw diversity. It, we saw diversity. We celebrated diversity in the inauguration. We saw that young poet, Amanda, step up and give this beautiful poem to the nation and the world with black skin. And then we saw Jenny from the block rocking a song (laughs) at the inauguration, speaking Spanish in the middle of the song, which I thought was just such a beautiful ode to um, celebration of, of, of diversity in our country. And then we saw Kamala who is a total badass with her purple suit and her, I don't know, swagger. Hmm. And here she, and here this morning, the first female vice president, the first black vice president, the first vice president from an East, East Asian, from East Asian descent. And then in the wings, <laughs> keeps going. Then in the wings, we saw President Obama and Michelle Obama. And Michelle looked like a real life superhero to me with her her outfit, that magenta outfit with the with the belt in the middle that looked like there was some superpower involved in the belt. I was just in awe of the celebration of, of diversity and the call for unity, the hope that all of that brought. So here we are. And I wonder when you all, Julie Carrot, I'll ask myself this too. What did, what did we, when we saw that today, how did it feel similar to the work we do in eating disorder recovery. What made that relevant? Like, Kara, why did you why did you sh- watch the inauguration mm-hmm. with the clients this morning at nine o'clock? There's something about that that feels critically important to recovery, regardless of your political orientation. 
the messages there are kind of boundless despite how you identify, right? So thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really powerful to watch it with the clients. As soon as I realized that the speech was going to be at 9 a.m., <laughs> I talked with our, my co-leader and we decided that we would forgo the, the group that was already scheduled and watch it together as a group and have some time to process it afterwards. And so kind of the connection between the recovery process was so alive for me because I'm sitting there watching it with all of our clients on the screen. And, you know, for me, and I'll just speak for myself, the, the connection about, and this is maybe reading in between the lines, but extending empathy and having a posture, regaining a posture of empathy towards others and understanding different lived experiences is a, an incredible part of the recovery process of both having empathy for others and having, having empathy and compassion for oneself in the sense that eating disorders are fueled by a notion that we are trying to, we are not okay with who we are. We are trying to either change, change the way, literally change the way that we look or change an emotional state or change, change something in order to be okay, which is so deeply, to me, so deeply bred in the division of people, the sense that one is superior to the other, that we are trying to achieve some kind of ideal that is so narrow and so non-inclusive of different ways of looking, being, personality, et cetera. And I feel like this was what was named from the highest position of power in the whole entire country was calling against that type of judgment that ultimately I think fuels eating disorders. And, you know, it was interesting because one of the things a client said is, you know, I'm, I'm having emotion that I'm still, I still feel something about what I eat for breakfast and how could that compare with what's happening in the country. And yet, Biden spoke of mental health. It is the very thing that we that judgment has been alive, that would cause this client to minimize her mental health experience of struggling with her breakfast. And so it was this kind of beautiful moment of even capturing to the, the programming that we have around judgment, and calling that out in the midst of this beautiful right. expression I hear you saying that the message this morning, the inauguration was that it's okay to be worried about eating your breakfast mm -hmm. after being moved by the inauguration speech. It's okay. Mm -hmm. We all have struggles and we're all accepted and we are cared for. And in fact, they talk, he talked about caring for the most vulnerable repeatedly and non-judgment and acceptance is what mm -hmm. the themes that you heard, Kara. Mm -hmm. And and how to bring that to oneself, the compassion and the empathy towards oneself for the struggle of saying, this makes sense. And, and having this makes sense just opens up a door for hope for change. Because as we know, in eating disorder recovery, if it's, if our judgment is fueling things, it just, it closes off opportunity for change because there's so much energy towards judgment. It's, it's easy to get backed into a corner. I felt much more 
at peace except for the anxiety I felt about a work thing that happened after the inauguration. So I'm just like, you know, just, just in there too. Life is happening still, but there's a kind of foundational peace I have that the mission is not kind of led by hate and judgment and just this, the feeling of freedom that comes with that. And I think that's what I'm, that's what I hear you getting at Kara is, is that's what we mean by freedom and recovery is sort of this, you get to be you, you know, and celebrate for being you. And whatever size you are, you can still be loved. You can still find your place and purpose in this life. And I think that that's maybe the soothing I feel is like now that belief system, kind of a belief system that we we work with on a daily basis at Opal is represented by the um, highest office in our land. And it, it just feels like, yeah, I just feel like a peace with that. Yeah, I would add, like when you said freedom, I think as well as having like a, a voice that matters that you have the right to be heard and valued and your your life isn't less valued than another. And that's, you know, unfortunately that's not how the world has operated. Uh, and, and, and I, again, I think that is one of the work that we're doing in eating disorder treatment is bringing back, connecting back up to kind of the deep inherent worth somebody has. And in that, having a voice, having a, opinions that people care about and listen to and respond to, that's so much of what happens when, when clients are in treatment where they start to kind of open up and blossom again, that they're, they feel worthy to be taken care of and to be attended to. I think the thing you're tapping into for me that was the most notable was that I saw an authentic expression of emotion in a lot of people up there today. And that was moving to me, emotionally moving to me as well. So it's sure I, I can name ways that President Biden showed emotion. But honestly, for me, one of the first places I saw it was in in Lady Gaga's song because of, I mean, she's a very expressive person and performer, right? But I think it began for me to set the tone that there can be expression and unique diversity of experiences up there, just the way that she kind of was moving her hands, even the way she was um, using the microphone, how she was moving her body, I appreciated. So that was the first place I felt like I saw that. And music is just a place where I can connect and it, it allows for the emotions to be congruent for me. So I loved how President Biden quoted Lincoln in saying, my whole soul is in it. And him saying, my whole soul is in it. And I, when I saw him say that, I hear that authentically and believe that he wants to lead in that way. So I, I saw that authentic expression and even in that he named a lot of the foes that we face and how we need to unite to fight them. And when I think about struggling with an eating disorder, we both need emotional expression. We need honesty in the way that we're connecting with our own selves and then allowing for the people around us to know them. And we need to be honest with what we're actually fighting. <laughs> what are the foes we're actually fighting in when one is pursuing eating disorder recovery. And it is not just one's breakfast or one's scale and the weight on the scale, right? It is 
bigger things and that even what he listed as the foes that we need to we need to unite to fight are of anger, resentment, hatred, extremism, lawlessness, violence, disease, joblessness, and hopelessness. That's a list, I'm sure, of some of the pains that people have that then lead them to develop an eating disorder. So I, I guess I just, I feel like that, those connections for me too felt like it was a, a place where uh, those that are fighting eating disorders or other mental health conditions can feel like, okay, whew, maybe I can breathe and be in the United States of America while I seek healing and strength and hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a couple of things is I love that the foes were these um, emotions that were the trouble, not a person, not people. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That feels like yeah. we can get somewhere with that, right? Mm-hmm. And Julie, I was thinking as you shared about your whole the whole soul, it was like, of course you love that, Julie. That's all you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's- Authenticity. Yeah. I'm like, live it. Bringing your whole soul. Yeah to your work is very much yeah. Julie's yeah. approach. So yeah. I, I can definitely see how that would resonate. I, I do have to call out though, or call up, <laughs> call up, not much body diversity up there, <laughs> which no. I, I definitely was looking around and looking at all the diversity represented and thinking, yeah, but everybody's similar body size conventionally beautiful quote unquote right beautiful and you know thinking we've made it we've made a long we've made it a long way here in terms of representation at an inauguration and who are we leaving out and i would say body size diverse body size was a is is a place that we we were not seeing representation amanda gorman's poem even named herself as a a skinny Mm -hmm. Girl, I think she said girl, um, which I thought was interesting. I wonder what that, yeah, what does skinny mean to her and why would she use that word? And I think I know that that certainly a belief that power can be dominating to something small, to somebody that is small. So I do wonder if that's some of why she would use that word. I heard it as she was like even a small person can have power. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and going back to who has value, I've been thinking a lot about dehumanization after listening to Brene Brown's recent podcast uh, episode around dehumanization being such an important step to be able to have acts of violence against people groups that we can't see them as human in order to, we have to see them as as subhuman in order to be able to do these, have these violent acts. And, and so that's been just in my head a lot recently um, since I've listened to that podcast and thinking again about what got represented today, again, at the highest level of power in our country of both what was spoken of what people had value and what was um, represented in action of who has value. And to your point, Lexi, too, I think that is such a, a major one for us that we think about is people in larger bodies having value and seen as people that that they also have a place in the, the places of highest power in front of the camera, in front of 
Yeah, I mean, it, just, it just really highlighted that, wow, we have a long way to go in terms of fat phobia work in, in this country. And I, you know, I celebrate where we were this to this morning and you have to critique as well, right? And mm-hmm. I wonder, you know, how that would feel for a person in a, in a larger body to see that this morning and not see representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and totally. what, does that, what does that communicate? So that, that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thought I had is, sort of, I know we are in celebratory mode with this, during this conversation. And I want the listener to understand that we are we are not naive in that we know that this is this is a moment to celebrate and we know that the troubles we've been dealing with will ensue and the racism structural racism is very 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 much alive but we are taking a moment to celebrate where this where we are at today and i think that's similar to recovery as well because you kind of you know in recovery work you are you know you're celebrating the moments the wins, right? And and then you are back in dealing with another round of problem, right? So there's a, a kind of reveling that I think is so important, a celebration of moments. And then you get back in there the next day and you're, you know, your hands are dirty, you're you are back in the pain and the suffering and the struggle, which is so very much part of recovery. Mm-hmm. I yes. love, I love that you're bringing that in. It's, it's, it's crazy, Lexi, the, I had a session right after with a client, an individual client after having the group where we watched the speech. And that was exactly what we talked about was the posture of having that moment to say, to, to pause and celebrate or be satisfied and letting ourselves have that posture of being able to pause and say, like, celebrate that this is good. And then moving on and keep keep working and keep taking action. But if we never take, if it's always seen as what's the next thing to accomplish, what's the next thing to, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. And again, this is very relevant to eating disorder recovery. We're, we're missing something that we're actually doing within our bodies to celebrate and to pause and to have that posture that is, is so transformative, even on the cellular level to our bodies. Mm-hmm. To say something is good. It's like the, the food metaphor of being satisfied of being satiated with eating, like having that, that experience of, of celebration. So I love that you brought that in because that was yeah. a theme I explored right after with my own. Yeah, it's a, there's this feeling of it doesn't have to be perfect and we can still celebrate. Exactly. You know? And how hard that is to do. That is, I, I find that hard to do. I feel like that is a very hard posture to live out. And it's so life-giving and it's honest. It's still very honest. Like it's a, the, the marker of that celebration and we are taking action. They're, they're, they're both there. Oh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it kind of speaks to how it oftentimes is very difficult when one is seeking recovery from an eating disorder to have a clarity of where they're actually going. So what is on the other side of this? And I think even in the speech that we heard today, it's unity. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, right now at our moment in time, that is a very, very large statement. And so I think when somebody is in the midst of their eating disorder, it is very hard to have a vision for what is recovery and even to put, you know, tangible, a tangible vision on what that is. So I think, I think that's very relatable right now too, of like, that's a grand, grand goal. Mm-hmm. And 
let's at least be in the moment of saying I'm headed somewhere and I have some hope because of something in this moment that I can celebrate. And I, I feel like even just the articulation, you know, all that we've said already, I guess, right. The right. articulation of where the goal is and how that we as a nation can do that is similar to maybe pausing in the moment of an eating mm-hmm. disorder to say, I just did that. I just finished that meal or I just accomplished sitting and pausing and expressing some emotion with somebody, whatever it might be in there, in somebody's journey. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and some, and some people don't believe, they don't know if they can have recovery, right? Like they're not, they're not certain about that. They might not even have hope for that. And so how do we help again, support the wins, the day-to-day wins and seeing that as wins and not missing, not missing that information about what's happening. And I, and also help define those wins and and allow again that celebration of that because a lot of times in eating disorder recovery that's not even registered as wins the things some that people are doing that is brave brave work (laughs) and so even helping as a community being able to speak into each other's lives of those wins that aren't going to be taken away no matter what happens tomorrow no matter what happens the next day that's those speeches will never be taken away from history like those were wins and regardless of, of the next, the next day's actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. even in a harm reduction model, right. The, even if you, you're continuing with symptoms, but the harm caused by the symptoms may be reduced and that's a win. Exactly. Right. So yeah. exactly. Totally. I have another question that's been on my mind as we've talked today is what is unity? And when we think about eating disorder recovery, like, what do we mean by when we think of unity as part of eating disorder recovery? What what comes to mind? The first thing that came to my mind is voice, I guess, uh, uh, representation. So like desiring. And I know that our industry and field has been so dominated by white females, I'll say, probably cisgendered, heteronormative in our industry, both in those that have been diagnosed with eating disorders and get treatment for eating disorders as well as those that have been helping in the field. And I think when I think about unity, there needs to be increased voice and representation to allow for there to be the full healing and and sort of the full expression of, of both the pain and the healing, I guess, of what eating disorders has been in the field of eating disorders, but also just like the pain of, of people struggling with food and body issues and where that can go in terms of hope. So I, I, yeah, I mean, I think of that as within our walls. I'm like, these are these are people, <laughs> you know, engaging with people that are different than them and hearing stories that involve different narratives and different lived stories and different journeys and and functions in terms of why an eating disorder even happens in somebody's life. And I think unity only happens if we get to hear the voices of different stories and be able to then come together in that way. I, I loved how. President Biden said to those that didn't support me, hear us out, hear me out, take a measure of me and a measure of my heart. I loved that. I'm like, that is exactly what I think we also need within the conversations around food and body issues also is that we need to hear each other out, take a measure of our heart and who we are as people. And he also said to those that didn't support my presidency, I'm your president. I, I'm, I'm for you, for those who didn't support me. And I felt like that is also an expression of uh, uh, all of branch extended for unity of I'm not going to um, punish you. I'm not going to 
hold resentment towards you. I'm going to be for you, even though you didn't vote for me, or you might not be about the plans that I have. Hmm. And I feel like that's really relevant in just being in communities of people and as an eating disorder community is how can we be for each other, even when we're learning from each other and there's differences and there's even strong emotion, but how can we be for each other to help propel each other forward? And that feels really relevant, I think, to the steps that the field is taking towards more inclusivity and diversity is how do, how do we do that together and yeah, do that with unity, that we are, we are working towards the same goal. How do we hold each other accountable in unity? I love that. I love that thinking about it as in the unity within our field and representation within the eating disorder treatment world. I also like, I think about unity within an individual, like within someone's psychology, when, when we think about eating disorder recovery, in that there's often like these two opposing forces within the, within a person, right? One in terms of dialectics, right? These intense opposing forces within someone, you know, there's love and hate or, you know, pride about looking a particular way or eating less and that, and then, and then on the opposing side, shame about not doing something perfectly or just lots of emotions that feel like uh, that a person may either celebrate or not celebrate. Celebration is not a big thing in the eating disorder world, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is within within, within an individual, you can have different emotions at the same time and can be okay. Right. (laughs) The unity of dialectics, like both and, like you can have anger and you can have love at the same time and working with both of those at the same time is different than only working with anger or only working with love right because they're both helpful emotions and so what if we unify you know and the unity is holding both of those as helpful and that's one other way to think about it i i was i was going there in my mind of that's maybe unity of people. There's also unity within systems and family systems, you know, on eating disorder recovery that is part of part of the work. Mm-hmm. And that's not people changing to be somebody they aren't, but people unifying around who they actually are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're when you're talking about the unity of the individual, I just did a training on it's called internal family systems and it's a treatment modality for it's evidence-based for eating disorders particularly bulimia nervosa Uh, but anyways it's it was triggering that what i was thinking about during that training which is i love the framework of it is that it's this idea that we all have a lot of different parts and then we have kind of ourself but these parts a major piece of it is that of the framework or conceptualization is that these parts aren't bad. We don't want to judge and, and, and try to get rid of these parts. They have functions. And so the curiosity of trying to understand, again, going back to compassion and empathy, trying to understand what these parts, how they're serving us, how are they, what function have they been there because we've needed them. And so instead of just being like, I hate this part of me, I want to 
you know, again, not being unified. I want to cut this part out of me, or I wish I didn't have this part. Let's, or, let's get it out of myself. Like that, that's not the, that's not the posture of the approach. It's actually to understand and actually get closer to that part and really understand it's what it values, what it's doing to protect maybe another part of ourselves. And it's such a unifying to go to that, to your point about kind of within ourselves, such a unifying approach that actually gets people a lot farther in understanding themselves and trying to judge it and cut things out, which is so common that, you know, that's, that's more often what people, how we, we typically operate instead of actually trying to understand them. Trying to deny the darker sides of ourselves and the unwanted emotion. Right. when you when they're just there, you can't even. I mean, good luck trying to get trying to get rid of those. That's exactly. So may as well accept and figure out what they're trying to teach you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this would be on there, but it's just like, but unity. I mean, when you have so much, so many of these evil type forces that then are being explained to be purposeful or having a pursuit that they would believe is righteous and helpful and necessary is very, that is what feels so hard when thinking about fighting the foes we face, you know, in the big, broad context of the present cultural Mm -hmm. context. And, you know, the reality is that there are some times these parts of us that are leading to harm and destruction within our own selves. So I guess where is that? (laughs) You know, there has to be some point. My way of thinking is there's also sort of a boundary somewhere of like, that might be a part of oneself and one's functioning. And then what, you know, because there has to be a point where that is acknowledged as harmful or well if people aren't doing any work on that they can just be acting out of the harm yeah and they can create a lot of harm lots lots and lots and lots of harm right somebody could be totally unwilling to do any kind of healing process or recovery process to heal those parts that have that have been hurt and therefore can cause them to do acts of harm yeah. yeah. And at least in, in our, our clients, a lot of the pain that they are dealing with is pain about feeling a particular way. So it's not the feeling itself. That is the problem. Mm, feeling yeah. bad. It's the feeling bad about feeling a particular way that, you know, creates more suffering and more, more pain. Wow, this conversation just brought all these thoughts that were bopping around in my head out. And it's so wonderful to have this conversation with Julie and Kara and connect it to our daily work, you know, where we bring our whole soul every day is in this eating disorder recovery work and these themes of unity, of representation, of love and, and care and acceptance are near and dear to our our daily work at Opal. We're represented today in the inauguration. So very cool. So thank you for joining us. Thank you to Aaron Davidson for the original music, David Bozzi for editing, and Camille Dodson for her help with the podcast. 
we will hope to see you next time. If you want to learn more about Opal, go to our website at opalfoodandbody.com. Take care.